Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm here as I am every week with Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. We talk about one player at a time from both a film and a metrics point of view to try to come to some sort of consensus. Let's call it a consensus and try to give a good overall view of what that player's upside might be, both in Dynasty and redraft formats for fantasy football. Yeah, I said everything. Wow, cool. Um, we also put out a poll every week on our Twitter handle, at Dino Crossroads, trying to get some feedback about who we might talk about this week. Um, Jake is the one who handles our Twitter account, because he's the responsible one. Um, and so I'm going to throw it to you, Jake. What, uh, do you want to tell us about the poll, who won, who we're going to talk about, if it's the same person at all? <laughs> yeah, there are two separate answers here. I, <laughs> I put out a poll... Um, last week we talked about a running back and I didn't want to hurt uh, Peter's feelings. So we put all wide receivers in there this week. We put Andy Isabella, we put Marquis Hollywood Brown, we put Hakeem Butler and Riley Ridley in there. Um, Hakeem Butler won 45%. Uh, but then I just noticed that Debo Samuel's kind of stealing the show down at uh, the Senior Bowl. And you actually just wrote an article on him. And it was funny because I had Debo in the poll and I took him out. Um, So we're going to switch gears, make an executive decision. And we are going to talk about South Carolina wide receiver Debo Samuel tonight. Awesome. I don't know why you switched it out for my sake. I think everyone knows at this point that I'm the running back guy. And uh, that's my favorite position, and uh, I know more about them, obviously. Um, but yes, Debo Samuels. Um, and I did just write an article about him, so I should have something to say, uh, I guess, I hope. Um, but <laughs> let me ask you to start with, um, it's a weird time of year for rookies for me, because I pretty much break everything apart and re-examine everything. So all my hot takes from last year and the year before all get put under an examination and I see if I still feel the same way. And so it's, all my opinions are kind of sensitive right now to what other people think, which is, I think, is fair to say, not normally the case. Um, and I know I'm feeling kind of at sea, I guess, on this class. Um, I don't know if I'm that excited about it overall. How are you feeling? You know what? I'm. That was kind of the way I was feeling going into this class is I wasn't overly excited. And... You know, I got a little bit excited about the wide receiver class, and I thought about it more, and we just kind of discussed off off air. I, I'm kind of there with you, too, where I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in this wide receiver class even. I, I think it has some good depth. I think it is a little bit overhyped. Um, I don't see a lot of guys that have, you know, big-time potential. For me, that's, you know, 
probably DK Metcalf and Nikhil Harry for me are kind of a clear cut uh, top two wide receivers. And then after that, it's just kind of, I don't know if any of those guys are worth, you know, early to mid first round draft pick. So I'm kind of there with you too. Um, but I think this, this class does have some good wide receiver depth. And I think that's one of the guys we're going to, you know, kind of break into uh, tonight, even though I'm not sure if you agree that he's, uh, you know, a valuable <laughs> asset or not. <laughs> what was I going to say? Yeah. Um, when Tyler Johnson and Brandon Byron, I forget his name now. Edwards decided to go back to school. The class went from three players who had really interesting profiles down to one. And I don't know if that's just coloring my opinion of everyone else, the disappointment, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I guess, I guess uh, like I say, we'll, we'll start finding out with uh, Debo uh, Samuels. Um, do, do, do you want to start talking about him or do you want to go first? I, I guess it kind of sounds like you want me to go first. I just wrote uh, an article about him. Yeah, so I don't know if I should. Uh, I think I think you should break down the article just a little bit for for the audience. All right, all right, fine. Um, yeah, I wrote um, Debo Samuel's up for Dynasty League Football, which is where we both uh, write, or at least uh, we're both. Uh, that's terrible. Um, for Dynasty League Football, which is both both of our home bases in, in the fantasy community. Um, uh, I, I get tired of saying we write fantasy football and then you say, well, I don't really write. And we have the same conversation. So I'll move on from that. But yeah, we both work for Dynasty League Football. Um, in the article, I tried to end it on a positive note where I think he did enough in college that you can't say he was a bad receiver. He was definitely a solid college receiver. Um, and I think he's done enough to warrant interest at the right at the right value, depending where he goes in the draft and to watch the team. But his overall profile is one that speaks more towards an average wide receiver, one that didn't particularly stand out compared to those on the rest of the depth chart. Now, he did miss a year uh, because of injury, and I don't want to discount him for that. That's not his fault. People get injured, and that doesn't mean they're bad players. Um, but it does mean that uh, a significant portion um, of his profile in college is... Um, missing, frankly, um, and that makes him harder to judge, uh, and so we're left putting question marks around the rest of his profile as well, when he came back, and when he left, and when he was injured uh, for a portion of one season as well. Um, now, my normal approach for that is to say, if we're going to throw out so much of his college profile, we'll end up with almost nothing. So I'm just going to, obviously we can't judge him on the year that he missed, but on the years that he was actually present on the team, I'm going to evaluate him as if he was playing full, full speed um, for that team. This is what I was able to accomplish. Um, and like I say, um, he was definitely the number one whenever he was on the field, which is definitely a positive note. You would rather have that player be the the uh, main target for his college team if he's going to do anything in the NFL, because nothing but the competition doesn't get anything but harder once they enter the next level. Having said that, he wasn't able to distance himself enough from the rest of his competition that I can say he clearly stood out. Um, and my overall conclusion is that, well, like I say, in the right draft spot, with the right team, he could provide... He's definitely um, capable of providing value to an NFL team, I think. But in terms of fantasy production, I think he might struggle. Um, he struggled to separate himself in terms of being a target um, while in college. And again, nothing is going to get easier at the next level. And so that's just a, a worrying sign. And that's really my uh, you know, uh, quick... Um, 
the quick version of my overall evaluation of Debo. He did enough that we should not ignore him, and we should definitely give him credit for being his team's number one target when he was on the field, and, and can provide value in the NFL. But for fantasy terms, I worry he's going to struggle to stand out. Um, what am I missing, or what I'm? Uh, what are you going to well, say I'm missing? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not going to say you're missing. The question I have, and I think that maybe the question uh, some of the listeners might have, are. Um, we obviously know Brian Edwards was there as well at South Carolina. How can you kind of just kind of go over their profiles and how they compared? Yeah, Edwards, like I said, was one of the prospects that started making me feel down about this class in general because the minute he decided to go back to school, one of the premier production profiles really disappeared. Now, like I said, Debo was the number one target whenever he was on the field, but in the one year that he missed, Edwards not only took over that role, but he also expanded upon it in that he was earning a lot more opportunity and producing a lot more yards for his team than Debo was in both years on either side that he was the number one target. And that to me speaks more to Edwards having um, uh, more to his profile than Debo um, when they were both on the same team. Now we do have one year, I think, uh, of Samuels, if I remember right. I'm trying to pull both of them up right now. Um... Uh, playing on the team without Samuels, but that was his rookie year at age 19. He only had 6.3% of the team's receiving receptions and 6.5% um, of the team's receiving yards. And again, it's hard to judge him on that since it was his freshman year. Most players do not stand out extraordinarily well in their in their first year, even at age 19. The, the thing that's clear to me is when they're both on the field, Debo really struggled to separate himself in terms of what he was able to produce from the team. And therefore, you know, um, following that that logic on he wasn't separating himself significantly from Edwards at an older age on a team that was definitely prioritizing him as the number one target so sure. again um he's someone that he ends up low in the model but the model's meant to identify players that really stood out in their production compared to successful players in the NFL that doesn't mean it's meant to capture everyone that can be useful or everyone that is good at the game of football it's just how much he looks like past quality and um, fantasy receivers since 2008 or so so again that's where I, in the article when i broke it down more we're going to have to look at draft spot taking the combine and see where that lands him and then consider his situation when we know what his team is all of that could add extra value because i, I want to be clear on this i'm down on samuels from an overall production standpoint but in terms of what he did in the opportunity, in the situation that he was in, he he no way did himself a disservice. He produced well for his college team. The team was lucky to have him, um, and I think he did a good job. It's just that with um, trying to shoot the moon so much, looking for an NFL level, um, fantasy level receiver, um, I tip the the model and myself try to highlight players who stood out head and shoulders above everyone else. Edwards started to do that based on how old he was and the differences between his and Samuel's production when they were both the number one guy. And Samuel's did not do that. Doesn't mean he's bad. It just means there's less to make him stand out. And I, I don't know if I've made my point here. I, I think I've got it out. I think that makes sense. Am I... No, I think I think that <laughs> okay. I think that all makes sense. And just to kind of go over Debo Samuel as a prospect, uh, he was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. He's six foot. He's two ten. So his his build is almost like a running back, um, and that's kind of who he reminds me of as a player. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, 
yeah, he he redshirted his freshman year, so he's a he's an older player too. He just turned twenty three years old, um, so that's not something that you know is going to bump up his profile, make him look that more appealing. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he just had a lot of injuries in in college. He missed seven games his freshman season uh, due to a hamstring injury. He only played ten games his his sophomore season. Uh, I just wanted to pull that up, uh, where he had uh, 59 catches for 783 yards and one touchdown. Um, and then he broke his leg in his, his junior season. Uh, so he only played three games where he caught 15 balls for 250 yards and three touchdowns. So it looked like he was off to a decent start there in that small sample size. And then finally came back this year. Um, I'm sure that broken leg probably um, – you know, slowed his recovery time coming into the season. So I don't know if he was 100% coming into the season. Um, but I watched, uh, you know, a handful of his games from 2018 because, like I've said before, I, I generally don't watch a lot of college football in season. I scout these guys in the offseason for Debbie purposes. So he's a guy that I was super familiar with. And he was – Debo Samuel is a guy that's been talked about in Debbie League since, you know, his sophomore season at least. Um, really hyped up guy that I honestly, when I first watched him, wasn't overly impressed with because a lot of Debbie people that I, you know, learned from and, and read uh, were really high on Samuel. Like he was one of the top guys that people were, you know, excited about in the 2018, 2019 class. Um, actually, probably 2018 class because he could have came out last year if he wanted to. Um, so I, I was I was not a huge fan as far as the Devi circles, you know, were talked about when I scouted him, you know, the last couple of years. Um, but going into this year now um, and, and kind of seeing where he's ranked and, you know, we can pull up DLF rankings uh, as far as the consensus. I want to pull that up just one second here. I want to pull up the average. I believe he's 22nd overall. Um, which puts him at that late second round. And we just did a DLF mock with a bunch of DLF writers. And I took him at 206, and I thought that was good value for him. So I think he's going to be in that mid to late second range. And, and I actually really like him there. Um, you know, he's not a guy that I was would have been super excited about taking in the first round, but at a discount, I like this player. Um, he's also a guy that if you've watched any of the Super Bowl, just really – or Super Bowl – uh, the senior bowl, he's really stood out and, uh, you know, all the draft Knicks are saying that it's the Debo Samuel show. Um, and he's the, he's the wide receiver down there and everyone else is kind of second rate. So that's not a huge deal, but, uh, it's not a bad thing. Uh, Why do, but just kind of go ahead. No, I was wondering, um, like where does that fit in, in your evaluation? Cause to me, it's the senior bowl is meant to be the, the best players because they're the seniors playing against each other so you get to see him in that situation but because the best players aren't always the senior players what you actually have is Debo Williams walking competing against players with just as much of a mix as he was facing in college right like I don't think it's yeah for for sure so senior bowl isn't something that I really judge players off of I think it it's kind of it's almost like a it's it's not as big as a combine obviously but it's just one of those kind of things on your checklist to see how they perform there. And if they perform well and you thought they were a good player, that kind of just you put a check mark there and say, okay, he doesn't get dinged there. If he if he looks really bad, that's something that you know, might want to look back at his profile, look back at his, his production and, and kind of his tape evaluation if you do that and see if there was something you were missing there or see if what's going on there. So 
it's it's something that's that's fun, and I haven't even really watched much of the Senior Bowl, and I usually do, um, and I'm sure I'll get around to it at some point. But um, you know, it's not a bad thing when he's stealing the show down there. But uh, just getting kind of back into what he looks like on tape and what kind of player he is, I mentioned that he looks he is kind of like a running back build. He's not very tall; he's six feet, but he's really stocky for his size. Um, you know, he's primarily a slot wide receiver. He did play outside a little bit at South Carolina, but I think he's, you know, he's going to make his, his money on the outside. He's, he's not an elite speed guy. You know, he, he did a lot of return specialists at South Carolina. Um, I don't know if he has really deep speed or long speed, but he is fast. And the thing that I like about him, he has, he has really good feet um, and really good acceleration. So the way he gets off the line of scrimmage and can set up defenders and, and get them moving one way and then turn the other way uh, to create separation is really impressive. And he has really good soft hands out of a little bit smaller wide receiver. He had 11 touchdowns this past year, which is always a good thing out of a smaller wide receiver. Uh, makes a bunch of one-handed catches, so he can high point a little bit for a smaller guy. Um and you like to see that build out of a smaller wide receiver um, because he does go up the middle a lot. He runs a lot of slants, a lot of um, deep post routes, um, and he's not afraid to kind of mix it up. He had three touchdowns against Clemson this year, which is always good to see. And he was playing really hard when they were down by three touchdowns. Um, so that's that's also something I like to see, that he doesn't have a lot of quit for him. His coach talks highly about him, so he's a good team guy, always has a good attitude, tries to get the best out of each day, so that's, that's, that's a good thing. Um, but just getting back to his comparison a little bit, he's got a little bit of Percy Harvin to him, you know, that running back build, playing wide receiver. And then he also has, who else was I saying he kind of reminded me? Oh, Christian Kirk, as far as just being really smooth. Um, he's a really smooth athlete. I don't know how he'll test. Um, kind of like Christian Kirk, I expected him to test in his like short area quickness and agility drills better than he did. Um, and for me, I really don't care because if they, if they show the quickness or explosion or burst on tape, I much care more about that than some random kind of exercise, you know, drill that they're doing in shorts that they never going to do on the football field. So football speed is obviously more important for me than time speed. Um, but you know, there's certain, you know, uh, quadrants that you want them to test out in to make sure that they're not way below a certain, uh, certain kind of threshold there. Um, but yeah, Debo Samuel is a guy that I'm kind of really excited about now that, he had a really good senior bowl and I think he might test well in the combine. We might see his draft stock rise quite a bit here. Um, so there's a chance he sneaks in, in into the late ra- late first round kind of conversation. So we Early. will have to see how that goes. That's probably not where I would take him. <laughs> but like I said, if, if I can get him in the mid to late second, that's definitely a guy that I'm excited about. Um, Cause I do like the player quite a bit. Yeah, no, I've been reasonable. I think I'm, I feel more free to be incredibly unreasonable um, or, you know, have an opinion a little stronger. And just to compare him some, for some prospects from the last couple of years, his, his, proto, his, his production profile comes up in my pre-draft model, which is the one I look at, but um, is, uh, has a lot worse predictive power to NFL success compared to the post-draft model but we don't have the draft yet so he comes up along with um, Jamon Moore 
um, and Marcel Aitman. Uh, and Chad Hansen as well is also in this rough area. Now, a couple of the no- those names um, showed up last year in that they got a couple of opportunities, and you'll probably recognize a few of them. Um, Noah Brown's in there as well, I just noticed as well. Um, different people had were higher and lower on all of those prospects, but they're not players that completely disappeared. There's some players that made a noise here or there that can make you feel like you we had noticed something about them, and that's kind of exactly how I'm feeling about Debo Samuels. Um, I don't expect them, like none of these guys have, to make a big impact, definitely not a big impact early. Um, but, you know, there was a player on the depth chart whose name you'll notice. And remember, they were, they were good um, college receivers. And so maybe in the right opportunity. And for that reason, like, I think second round would be awful hard for me without, like, at least top two round draft capital. Or, like, if a team really bites on them, maybe. Um, but I, I can't see him climbing out the third round for me right now. Oh, I have a question for you, sure. if you don't mind. Um, so as far as, um, you know, these guys' profiles, how do you account for lack of production being from injuries and how can these guys, um, and not just necessarily Samuel, but just anybody that's kind of lacks production because of injury, how do they, how do, how can they win you over? Or it's just a guy that you're going to have more hesitation with because he didn't stay healthy or yeah very much so that they're kind of locked into it right and like i said about the injuries i can't um discredit them but i also don't want to discount everything they did in college so i'm just going to value what they did when they're on the field and samuel's almost big problem is that he started late and one of the ideas behind production in college and age being relevant is that the older you get, the bigger you are, frankly, or the speed that you were talking about he has, he has more of that and more of that to compete. I also think it definitely went into his favor, and it will in the NFL as well, that he is versatile, right? And he played in the running game in college. He was a uh, he was more of a touchdown guy than Edwards ever could have hoped to be. Um, I just don't find touchdowns relatively significant in terms of... Um, actually, I take that back. Edwards has uh, been significantly more productive in touchdowns in the Edwards. first two years of his career as well. Um, but um, Samuels did reach a higher height so far. At age 22, he had 34% of the team's receiving touchdowns. And again, when you take in his running work, his overall production also comes up. And I think that versatility is as valuable in the NFL game as it is in the college game. But I don't think, you know, like, like with Harvin, that's not a... You're going to need more. You're not going to be a good rusher as a wide receiver in college. You know, Tavon Austin aside, not everyone becomes elite with that skill set, right? Um, so, yeah, his real problem from, not his problem, but the problem from a profile perspective is that he was doing it later. Like, the not the only difference. One of the big differences between him and Edwards, uh, to do that comparison you asked me about, is that Edwards was doing the same as he did um, in his first year, Edwards' first year, as Samuels did in his second year, and he was doing it two years younger. And it's not... I can understand how that doesn't sound like that big a deal, but if if you pay any attention to college at all, you'll know that when you first play, you have the least amount of advantage. You don't know the offense as well. You're not as big. You're not as strong. You really haven't grown in into all your athletic traits. Whereas Samuels, at 20 years old, doing what 
Edwards did at 18 years old, he had most of his physical ability by the time he was able to put up the same production. And that's a big difference. And again, if that sounds weak to you, it's it's not. But um, also, I, I can understand that. But trying to predict something so slim and it's already an outlier in and of itself um this guy needed something else he needed his age he needed his physical attributes to stand out in college that's not a ding on him it's just a sign that he needed an advantage to compete um at the college level and at the nfl level there are no more advantages to be had outside of as we've both both mentioned already draft capital draft capital can give him an extra boost over other players and i do think he could be productive if given that boost um but if not then he struggle i think he's going to struggle to stand out um without something else going in his favor because that's what he did in college essentially um so uh, i'm aware of the injuries is the best i can do with what i do with it in the profile but then i'm going to look at what he did in the age that he did it um in college when he was healthy um and then compare it like i just did with edwards only a much larger sample size um to players since 2000 and players that have had a similar route as debo samuels um, well, I just listed some from the last few draft classes, but they certainly are capable of um, filling in or maybe getting opportunities through being a good receiver in the NFL level. But I think they're going to need something like that. And then they're not going to be someone, they're going to be a wide receiver three on your team. Um, it's kind of the upside. Um, like Jamar Moore was constantly next manned up as the whole Green Bay offense did last year because the team hasn't invested in them overly. They might be good and solid at what they do, but they don't stand out compared to someone else that can do what they do, if that makes any kind of sense. Sure. Uh, today. Um, but yeah, um, that's why I go with it. Um, cool. His college dominator, by the way, if you're interested in the college dominator, is currently, Edwards is going to do another year, but it's currently higher because... Um, he simply had more production for a longer time and was also involved in the rushing game. Um, but like I, I, I lean towards breakout age over overall dominator rating, for example. Sure. It's a short uh, episode. I so want to just, <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's short and concise. I think that's that's good. Um, I was just you know scrolling through some Twitter with Debo, um, Brad Kelly and John Lendyard, who both work for the Action Network. They're the these guys are good guys. These guys are uh, NFL draft Twitter guys, so they're not, you know, fantasy football related. But, you know, these guys, scout players, are good at what they do. Um, you know, I have a lot of clout in the in the draft community. Uh, Brad Kelly, who was a former wide receiver, uh, I think he was D1 or D2, uh, he writes for TQE, who's an affiliate of the pod, which we need to get a drop in there at some point again, <laughs> maybe next season. Um, he has... Uh, he tweeted out earlier today that Debo Samuel has taken over the South team practice, unguardable, safely a top five wide receiver for him. Um, John Ledyard said the pretty much the same thing. Debo Samuel has been unreal and mobile, uh, definitely moving up for me. Um, and then Reese's Senior Bowl tweeted out the top six is fastest speeds for the South. Uh, Debo Samuel is number one, clocked at 20.8 miles per hour. Um, so he does have that you know, sustained longer speed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's been crushing the senior bowl. His routes have been great. Another thing that you like for a smaller wide receiver is he can get off press. His release, his footwork, his feet are so quick. Um, 
and and our buddy Zach Reed talks about um, you know wide receivers kind of having the same kind of footwork and moves as as basketball players with crossover dribbles. Um, and Doug Baldwin had a nice feature this last year. We kind of compared the same thing. Um, he has the same kind of uh, crossover feet footwork. Um, where he can just tap his feet and set up defenders and then hit his, his hit his acceleration and go and blow past him. Um, he's been really good. And for me, if a wide receiver can't win one-on-one against nobody else, <laughs> I don't think they have a very good chance uh, in the NFL. But, it's again, it's, a, it's something to check off the list that he's dominated the Senior Bowl, which I think he should have because, for me, he's – He's the number one wide receiver there, so that's just a check check mark for his for profile for me. Yeah, I can understand that. I'd rather him look good at the Senior Bowl than not. Um, I just I, it's one of those things. Like, um, if anything, we're going to end up counting something twice, which is a bad idea. I mean, yeah, we've got twenty. We've got a twenty nine game sample size of him in college, and if you're going to wait the one game at the Senior Bowl. With this uneven roster, we don't know how... You can't say, like, these players are all more skilled. This isn't a high level of competition. If anything, it's likely to be a lower level of competition because it's a bunch of defensive guys that might probably not um, go to the NFL or, you know, aren't standing out so they didn't come out into the NFL earlier, perhaps, uh, to speculate. Just, just as likely to be easier competition as it is to be harder competition. Um, Some... Like, he wasn't able to use those skills to stand out above the players on his roster, let alone the rest of the league, significantly. I hear you. No, I hear you. I think, I think, no, I was just uh, searching. I know Travis May isn't a huge fan of, uh, you guys were talking about it in one of our fantasy um, chats on Twitter that you guys, you know, wouldn't take him before the third round. Right. Um, I think he's going to be a polarizing guy, and I, especially after the Senior Bowl where he's going to rise up from where he was. Um, he's going to, you know, make me question some things too, because, you know, I, I, you know, we were talking before we started recording. It is funny. Like Debo Samuel was not a guy that I was a huge fan of and Debbie, cause he was getting so much hype. And now that he's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle of, of this draft class, at least early on it, that's when I really start to like him <laughs> again. I like him more more than I like Pettis, and, yeah. and he's not. He you know he doesn't run a ton of routes. Um, he's not a super sharp or refined route runner by any means. But when you play Different that kind slot, of well, yeah, when you play that slot position, I don't think you have to be quite as technical because <laughs> basically you're leveraging space in the slot. And when you have that speed and you can set up defenders well, I think that goes a long ways, especially. Um, when you can understand zones and understand field awareness and what defenses are being played. Um, when you have some of the athleticism, I think that can play out a little bit more than just being a, you know, great route runner. And we know that, you know, route running isn't everything. Um, so I think he's got to develop there a little bit, but I thought Christian Kirk needed to develop there a little bit too. And, um, you know, I think there's somewhat similar prospects as far as just kind of the, the traits that I see on tape. Cool. Um, cool. Cool. Yeah, um, mid. Like, I'm I'm not reaching for someone. I'm not reaching for him unless he falls to me, essentially, at this point. Um, just to keep the calm water pulling on Other there. people like, will be... Other people... I think one of my favorite phrases is just, other people will be higher on him than you are. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, just don't hold your breath <laughs> for, uh, for Debo. Let's wait until see what the draft brings about and celebrate a significantly good college player for what, what he was. <laughs> I think that's as much hate as I can float. No, um, honestly, I thought you were very nice to Debo tonight. I think that about covers it. Like I say, I hate the I hate the feeling that we're going to have to do everyone again after the draft, but we'll probably probably do something. Um, probably need. We'll probably have very different opinions after the draft. You know what I'm thinking? I think I think what we should probably do after the draft is not, you know, kind of go against what we've been doing is one player at a time. We're going to have to have some shows where we kind of just discuss the class and, you know, where, well, yeah, oh, we're going to have to, maybe, maybe we could do a round table too. Um, you know, get, get a couple film guys, get a couple metric guys, and maybe we could all have, <laughs> a, a, you know, a two hour show and just kind of go over the draft. Class. Why not? I think that'd be fun. Um, yeah, I actually think that sounds really good. Uh, we should ask on Twitter about that or something. So Jake, is there anything else you want to tell the people before we get out of here? Yeah, go buy some t-shirts. Uh, we're on Amazon now at the Fantasy Football Outfitters. You can just type that in on Amazon. Uh, our shirts are 20 bucks. We just released some alternate shirts uh, with some new colors. So I think those look pretty sharp. So if you want to help us, you know, support. Yeah, if you if you want to help support the pod, uh, feel free to buy a shirt and uh, or leave us a review rating, you know, Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, anything you can do for the amount of work we put into this thing, um, you know, we just do this for fun and, and our enjoyment. So, um, if you do enjoy the pod, if if you can help in any way, we we certainly appreciate that. Yeah, that's awesome. And those colors really do look good. I'm I'm particularly keen on that orange one. I might have to buy one of our orange shirts just to say no. But um, yeah, uh, thanks again for checking us out. Let's uh, get out of here and go draft Nikhil Harry 101 overall. Later. You're at the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create. The dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. Dynasty Crossroads where film is everything The Dynasty Crossroads where numbers are the king There may not be consensus but we'll give you everything Debo basically played two years in five years. <laughs> the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics. I should take that bag. <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah, never do that. I'm the running back guy. That's that's good. Yeah, I said it. Wow, cool. A short episode so far, Jake. There may not be consensus, but we'll I'm the running back guy. Everything. Yeah, never do that.
that's that's good.